start the recording. All right. Well, let's get started. We got, uh, we'll see how far we get. I have had nothing but issues with my uh, remodel, but we're getting there. I finally got it all figured out. The waste pipe situation was the worst thing. Oh, I tell you. I cannot tell you the number of times I went to the to the hardware store. I actually got embarrassed and went to another one, so I couldn't. I wouldn't have to go back to the. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad when you say so I'm not a plumber and I don't have all the parts. You know, you go, oh, I could use this. You know. <laughs> and of course, it helps that if you put it together the right way. So anyhow. But we're here, and we're we're looking at Colossians chapter two, and and so we're going to be taking a, a, a little bit of a deep dive today. In this, um, we start to get by the time we get to verse eight, we're actually hitting the, the the meat of the of the whole book, the whole reason why the book is has been written, and to deal with the issues that the Church of Colossae is facing. And uh, so we'll we'll do that, but let's just. Let's dig a little bit before that, and let's start. Let, let, let we get, as we get started. Maybe we should just quickly do this too, and that is uh, uh, just go over any prayer requests we have. Uh, Daryl, how's your surgery coming? You doing all right, bud? See you all. That's good. Did it improve <laughs> Great, your golf? Asking. Did it improve your golf game? No, that um, it, it was because the difference. Uh, I got to go to the driving range. My swing is way off. I just okay. pop filter. Right. So fix your eyes. I'm, exci I'm excited about swing. it. Yeah, I think I'm going to get the other eye done now. Oh, wow. Cool. All right. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, any update, Gary, on Pat? No, I'll see him tonight, uh, get an update. All right. Mike? He uh, was there last night. Oh, was he? Yeah, mm -hmm. I saw him last night. Okay. He said he's doing good. Can't play golf because he's on doctor's orders. What does the doctor know, right? Yeah, what do they know? Yeah, yeah. So how's your, how's Karen, Mike? Uh, Karen goes in Wednesday for some kind of surgery, but I'm not sure what yet. Okay. All right. She's at, they put her, they let her go home, but she's going back in third Wednesday, excuse me, tomorrow. Today, Tuesday? Yep. Tomorrow. Yeah, she's going in tomorrow. Okay. Matthew's struggling. Is he? Tremendously. I lost you guys. Yep, yep. Okay. But we can see you. We can hear you. Uh, so what's – anything – just continue to pray for his uh, – his, uh, his general well-being. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, he's having a rough go. Yeah. The dog helped out. Uh, a little bit. Not helping me any. Keeps chewing on my feet. <laughs> he's a cutie. Or he? Wow. He's a cutie. As long as it's not taking uh, leaks on your feet, you're good. Yeah. Or chewing, or chewing your shoes up. No, he's been. Oh, yeah. He hasn't. He hasn't destroyed anything yet. Oh, well, just give him time. Give yeah, him time. Dave, good to see you, bud. Hey, good morning, guys. I've missed you for the last few weeks. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm glad you're back. Thank you. Oh, you know why I'm uh, oh, we're, we're we're doing a prayer request, Larry. How's your how's your uh, any any progress on the family? <laughs> the wedding? Why, yeah, why don't we why don't we keep him on the list today? Okay, all right, we'll do that. <laughs> we'll do that. Any other requests we need to be praying about today? All right, why don't we go to prayer? Father, we ask that you, you would continue to uh, work in, in all of these various situations. We're, we're thankful that Pat seems to be doing better. Um, we pray for his continued healing. We pray for Karen with uh, her upcoming surgery. Pray that you would give the doctors wisdom, uh, help them uh, give them skills uh, that would allow them to uh, take care of the surgery in a, in a way that would bring uh, relief Karen for her situation. We pray that you would be with um, Matthew with his well-being. We pray you'd help him, Father, to uh, help him to rest in you, help him to find uh, uh, purpose, help him to not be overly discouraged uh, for the things that he is facing and going through right now. We pray you'd be with the family. Uh, that you would uh, be with Michelle and Mike and and the rest of the boys uh, as they uh, uh, seek to uh, try to help uh, Matthew. Pray that you just give them your peace, your strength, and your grace in, in the midst of all of this. Pray you be with Larry with uh, the daughters and, and the wedding and all of the things that are going on there, both uh, just the, the preparation and then all of the angst and uh, concerns that are going on. I just pray that your your peace would uh, reign in the family, and uh, we pray that you would give them a, a good a good wedding, a, a time of uh, refreshment, and time of joy, and time of excitement. Thanks for uh, for Tiffany uh, Tiffany's safe um, uh, birth, and for uh, Louisa Wren. We just pray that you'd continue to direct in her life, Father. We pray that she'd grow up to know you and to uh, be drawn closer to you in the midst of all this. Pray for, um, uh, again, for our country, for the, the situation we're going through. And we pray for our first responders, as it seems there seems to be an uptick in the, in the virus in so many areas. Pray you keep them safe. Pray you give uh, wisdom to those that are, and uh, knowledge to those that are struggling to come up with a, uh, a vaccine. Pray that things will go well with that. For the, the the tension that is still in our country, we pray again uh, for that. We pray that uh, there would be um, we pray there'd be a turning to you, and uh, that we pray that uh, there would be a, an ability to uh, dialogue and develop ways to um, address concerns, and that. Um, Pray for uh, the peace of our country to come back uh, in, a, in a better way than it, perhaps it's been before. We pray again that you would um, guide and direct in our, our time together. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And a couple of you ask about the possibility of joining together uh, for Bible study back in Panera like on Thursdays. Uh, it's not going to happen for the, the very near future, for sure, because among other things, while Panera is open, they don't open until 9 a.m. Oh. Um, so uh, they have limited hours. Um, 
So anyhow, I uh, I talked to them, um, and um, that's uh, that's an issue. So um, we'll just continue to to do what we're doing. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Kensington as far as reopening. Uh, I need to talk to uh, Basil and, and or whoever to find out if they will open the, the building and, and how that's going to open. I don't know yet. Um, but um, I know that the services will begin the 12th uh, at, at Kensington. So if you're interested, um, I'm sure it's going to require tickets to get in. Just think of it like a, an extended uh, Christmas or Easter program where you constantly have to get tickets to get into church. <laughs> Anyhow, that's where we're at. So uh, last week we dealt with uh, the end of Colossians chapter 1 and just the very beginning of, um, of chapter 2. And, and this week I want to delve uh, further into chapter 2 of Colossians. And uh, so in order to do that, I thought we'd start off by um, reading, uh, passage, reading the passage and reading specifically the first, um, of course, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, yeah. Let's just do the first seven verses and then we'll, then we'll pick up the, the next section after that. So let's start in, in Colossians chapter two. And... Um, We'll look at uh, verses 1 through 7. All right, so uh, Paul says in Colossians 2, uh, verse 1 through 7, it says, I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those in Laodicea, for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ in whom are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith as you were taught, and overflowing with kind with thanksgiving. Excuse me. All right, that's our passage. Now, what we'll be doing is we'll be pulling out uh, several different things, but I, I, I want to point out, and, and hopefully not just re-plow um, the ground we did last week, but Notice that the struggle here is an emotional struggle. It's not necessarily physical, the struggle he's having with, with wanting to be with them and not being there. He wants to encourage them. He wants, to, if, if Paul had his way, he would do it with all the Gentile believers personally. That's not going to happen ever. But it doesn't change his heart and his desire to see that happen. So the purpose of writing Colossians, again, is to encourage the heart. And we've talked about this, that you could just as easily... Uh, in, in verse 2, instead of saying encouraged, you could just as easily say exhorted. And the idea is that you, um, you encourage them to be knit together in love or possibly to have, uh, to have your, uh, by your having been knit together in love, the, or united in love um, is, the, is the term here. And it has a sense of instructed. Um, this is the, the term that is often used in Septuagint. And the idea behind that Greek word 
is to mean to be instructed. So Paul is hoping to instruct them as not just simply to uh, scold them. Okay. Uh, and we kind of covered that a little bit last week. And um, the other thing I find interesting about this passage in chapter two is that it seems to parallel Ephesians chapter three. And the purpose I would say of this task is to uh, love is identified here that the, the love that Christ has for them all. And uh, the, the thing that Paul wants to do is he wants to make sure that they are uh, rooted and established in love. That's from Ephesians uh, uh, 3.17. The idea behind this is something that we're doing here today and we've been doing for a number of weeks. And that is uh, the Christian growth is supposed to be a group task. Uh, not an individual task. And uh, some of us have come to that late in life. You know, we thought that we needed to uh, to do all of our study indiv individually and independently. <coughs> and there's there's some there's some good that comes from that. Ab absolutely. But in addition to that, there is uh, there's so much more when you have iron sharpening iron, when you have uh, people growing together and sharing uh, thoughts sharing a concern. Am I the only one having a problem hearing him? Yeah, yeah. the audio's messed up. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, how about that? that? breaking Thanks up for... and free. Am I breaking up still? I just lost, I just your, lost. Your, your video is like still, you're still in your, uh, your audio. Really? Well, now I you moved the... around a little bit. But... I did that on purpose <laughs> just to see if you could actually see me moving. Is it is my is the audio any yeah, better? Yeah, now you're all pointed to the left, to the right. No, well, yeah, I, I'm. The picture is getting worse. Is it really? You're backing away, we can see more of you. Yeah, oh, now it's just, really bad. Well, thank you very he's, much. He's just southern. <laughs> he talks slow. Talks slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it getting any better? No. On the video, I've had good luck if we if we most of us uh, mute, you know, rather than everybody being unmuted. I think it might work better. I don't, I don't know. I'm being wrong. It looks good it now when everybody's unmuted. So, <laughs> but someone needs to let a, to let me know if there's a it continues to be a problem. I don't know how to address that. I suppose I could leave and come back. I don't know. Does that kill the? Does that kill the meeting if you're the leader? Might I don't know. <clears throat> no, I don't think it does. Um, that happened on one of my other classes. I don't know. It doesn't really seem. It just says stop and mute my mic. I'm not really sure how to leave. If I leave, I could end up uh, killing the. The whole because you're the host. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Seems to be okay now. Seems to be better with everybody muted, so I'm going to mute also again. There's just so many, so many things I want to say about that, but I won't. All right. So let's get back. So uh, I think again, the the issue yeah. for me is that maybe we have to stop better, video and oh, and now it says that my internet connection is unstable. So we'll hope. Yep. Still unstable, huh? You can put a picture up of the grandchild again. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
then I would get in trouble with my daughter. Yeah, but it, it's a you know technical difficulty picture. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's what I need is a technical. All right. So again, the the purpose of the way that we grow best is we grow best in groups, where we're sharing a common goal, uh, a desire to study together, a desire to live together in some sort of uh, a relationship. And um, uh, we learn from each other. So that's the, the, the goal of what it is. The, uh, the ultimate goal for Paul is to know the mystery of God. And in this particular instance, in this particular passage, the mystery uh, of being godly is, or the mystery of godliness is Christ. Now, in First Timothy, as an example, the mystery of being godly is, is talked about. But here in Colossians 2, uh, we have the mystery of, of God is, is himself. How do we know who Christ, how do we know who God the Father is? Remember what Jesus uh, said to the disciples? The disciples come and ask him, you know, well, show us the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how we understand who God is by understanding who Christ is. And we learn about God as we learn about who Christ is. So since Christ is God manifested to us to be able to see him, real wisdom, therefore, originates from Christ. Remember, we talked about this out of Proverbs, that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is not only fear, like, oh, I'm cowering in, 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 in fear of it being... Uh, discipline. No, no, no. It's it's that reverential awe that God expects, and and uh, so uh, I think that uh, that what we're looking at here is that um, Christ is wisdom, and as we follow Him, we become wise in knowing who Christ is and how to live a life that pleases Him. All right. Let's see. Wisdom. So what we get here is we get into this idea of theology, and I think this is about where we ended last week, is this idea of fine-sounding arguments. And um, I, Gary had asked last week, what would, uh, uh, you know, define, find, I think you asked us the question, you know, define what fine-sounding arguments are and, and who's doing that. And I'm not sure I still have a, a great answer for it, but I do know that one of the issues that we run across is we run across people who continue to try to to put humanistic ideas forth as being the answer to our situation with uh, with God and how how to live a life that is um, uh, that's going to please Him. And you know, when we start looking at humans at the human idea and human philosophy, we're going to fail. A fine, a fine sounding argument. It's like a, a fake morel mushroom. <laughs> it looks like the real deal, but it's poisonous. That's not a bad. It's not a bad uh, description of what can happen. Now, sometimes there are, you know, it is not to say that, that philosophy in and of itself is bad. Philosophy is good. In fact, um, uh, as an example, Philo, who was uh, a, 
a contemporary of um, Josephus. Uh, any of you know the, the, the name Philo? He was a Jewish philosopher. Uh, he writes, uh, and, and he, he basically takes the idea, and, and frank, frankly, Christianity does this to some degree, where they take Plato, and they take the, the concept of real versus the shadow of, of real. And, uh, and it, it translates very easily into Christianity. In fact, in Hebrews, we talked about this when we were studying the book of Hebrews. We talked about the, the real temple it was never here on earth. The real temple is in heaven. The, the temple that was here on earth, the, the tabernacle, and then the temple, and the next temple, and even the one that's going to follow yet, uh, are shadows of what the reality is. And so um, you can see how in that form, how if you have a Gnostic view, that you would start to say, well, you know, one thing is more important than another. And it's true that God is more important than us. And it's true that the real temple is more important than the shadow temple that, was, that has ever been here on earth. But God says, I want you to not use fine sounding arguments. I want you to understand that, that uh, and it's easy to get confused about philosophy. In fact, when I studied, in fact, I taught philosophy and I tell you what, every time I get through teaching on a particular subject of whatever that person was, I, my head was spinning sometimes with some of their concepts. Um, and maybe I'm just not as smart as some of you that, that have studied philosophy. I don't know. But uh, even the, the, the philosopher that I liked the best, I still didn't agree with everything that he had to say. So uh, philosophy in and of itself is good as long as it is biblically sound. When we start to take philosophy that disagrees with scripture, you're going to have problems. It's bound to happen. Now, uh, it's also interesting to note that um, that the, the some of the sages often criticized professional public speakers back in the day uh, for their uneth unethical use of persuasion at all costs, regardless of the truth. And sometimes that happens today when we get into people that are their public speakers or, or philosophers, that they want to prove their point at all costs, regardless of the truth. You ever had, you ever argued with someone that just loves to argue? And they'll do anything to win their point. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's the that's the problem. Are we getting into verse eight then with what we're talking about? I'm sorry. Say it again. Can you say it again, Tom? Aren't we getting into verse eight with what we're talking about? Yeah, we are. But I'm trying to I'm trying to get there. We're we're not there yet, but we're getting there. We're getting closer and closer. I'm at four right now. If you're wondering, and and we're going to go into five, and then we're going to eventually get to eight. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Right. this yeah. question of uh, what what uh, arguments he's your false arguments he's talking about seems uh, to get pointed out more in verses sixteen and seventeen. I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but yeah. uh, it looks like he's talking about the the Jewish law. Um, yeah, I he's guess you've frozen up again. 
Well, uh, he is going to talk about Jewish law. He's going to talk about specifically what we're going to get into. By the time we get into verse 8, we're going to be talking about two major Christian doctrines. We're going to talk about soteriology, and we're going to talk about sanctification. So we're going to get there. And out of that, one of the issues that's going to come out is that the, the, the teachers, uh, the false teachers were practicing and trying to teach that you needed to follow the Jewish laws. You're right. Uh, and we're going to get there. Uh, maybe today. Probably not. <laughs> but we're going to get there. Um, Is that a false teaching? I'm sorry? Is that a false teaching? That we're going to get there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know just if it's false. It's just it's wishful thinking, maybe. Yeah. Wishful thinking. So, uh, in... in in, in verse 5 of, um, of Colossians 2, it says, uh, For I'm absent from you in body, and I, present, uh, and I am present with you in the Spirit, and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Uh, often, uh, Paul, and Paul writes a letter, and often uh, in, in ancient times, um, uh, the letter was a letter was written to represent or to become the surrogate of the person who's absent. You know, and so Paul does this a lot when he's a great writer of letters, and obviously we have a number of them that have been incorporated into into the scriptures. Um, so um, in verse six, he says, "As you've received, continue." continue on with this and this now we're starting to get into some new ground here where if you'll notice and uh, my problem is i got a passage mark and i got a i can't take that one i got all these markers in my bible all right let's do this stick that there so i can get back to it back to colossians all right colossians chapter 2 verse 6 so then just as you've received christ jesus as lord continue to live in him this is really an interesting uh construction in the greek um the niv says christ jesus as lord um literally uh, in the in the greek it's christ jesus the lord or christ jesus lord um it, it normally paul uh, or if if paul would have written lord jesus christ uh, the attention would have been on the office, the lordship of Christ. In this particular way, the word Lord is put at the end uh, in order to so read Christ Jesus, the Lord. Not, not only the statement means you receive Christ Jesus, the one who is Lord. It's not just that he's, you know, it, it's emphasizing that. And the construction recalls specifically back to the hymn that we had in chapter one. He is Lord of all. All creation is, is his. So, um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, this, this goes against uh, some of the distinctives and some of the teachings of the, uh, of the ancient uh, false teachers because uh, they wanted to undermine the understanding that Jesus as Lord of all. Uh, they wanted to just uh, emphasize the fact that he might be the head 
and there was only certain ways of getting to his, him and the knowledge that he had because you needed to go through a special education and, and learn the, all of the secret codes and the special words that would unlock your knowledge of who God was. But notice also that uh, here is, uh, uh, he says he wants you to continue to live. Um, in uh, a number of the older, other translations, uh, we have the King James and the New American Standard. Uh, it, it refers to the word walk. And um, there is a sense to which uh, uh, a lot of the old time preachers that, that used that as an example, the King James talked about our walk with the Lord. How do we walk? How do we live? In other words, is the idea. And um, it was a regular term that was used to describe behaving according to God's laws, that I walk the path that he has laid for me, which is really what Torah is all about. Torah is not just a series of laws, it's how I live my life. And that was, that's always been one of the issues, when, and one of the poor issues when we translated uh, Torah to mean law in the, in the English, because it's really a way of life. It's the laws that we live by, but it is to, to, in order to provide for us a way of life. And then God commands that we receive this. And that's one of the ways that we talk about that is, uh, uh, is the way the Jewish uh, rabbis would pass on to their, their teachers, uh, to their students. Remember what Paul says in 1 Corinthians? This isn't where I was originally headed, but uh, I'm going to go there for just a second. 1 Corinthians, where it talks about um, the, the Lord's Supper. Remember the passage? It's used often. Uh, of course, i got to find it. Where's that? That's what happens when I don't make notes, because it just, just came to me. But Paul says, I what I've received... Uh, I, I, I say to you, let's see, uh, let's here someplace. Here we go. In verse 20, in verse 11, or chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, uh, verse 23, and remember the idea of what I've received, I've been, it's been passed on to me as the student. So here's, here's who Paul's rabbi was. For I receive from the Lord what I pass on to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I've received, I was taught by the Lord, the rabbi, and I pass it on to you, which is, and you are to receive. The Lord Jesus said that he was betrayed. So that's a common use of this idea of uh, what we receive, and then we learn to walk in what we've received or we learn to live in what we receive. Verse 7 is, um, is, is that clear? But do I need to, good, we're good? Clear as mud, right? On the Mississippi Banks. Okay, in verse 7, we have a kind of an interesting thing here that happens. In it. You'll notice it says that, um, uh, he says, he, Paul talk, talks about the fact he wants the Colossians to be rooted and built up in him, strengthened in uh, the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. There's actually four statements here. Rooted and built up, strengthened in the faith, 
and overflowing with thanksgiving are the four things. So <clears throat> the idea of, of this first one is this metaphor of uh, being rooted. It's actually two metaphors, rooted and built up. One is the picture of, of how the roots of faith uh, dig into the soil of Christian truth. The idea that as we dig deeper into the word, as we sink our roots into understanding who God is, that the result of that will we will be built up into uh, into a building of fir with a firm foundation, if you will. He mixes both uh, agricultural and construction here, if you will, uh, rooted and and grounded, and then uh, and then additionally built up. So the idea is that we build on the foundation, which is who's the foundation? Just asking. Do you remember? Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, he's the cornerstone. And uh, when we look at the uh, the the, the uh, heavenly city, we talk about the foundation is is made up of the prophets and the apostles, right? So it's what they've taught us. Jesus being the main purpose, the, the main foundation upon which everything else builds. If you set up the cornerstone correctly, everything else is supposed to go well. Right? Correct. <laughs> All right. It's supposed, supposed to go well. Yeah. So what does that mean? That means that sometimes we don't pay attention to the to the foundation. Well, if you if you look at at things, a lot of times what we get from um, the pastors on Sunday, you know, sometimes it can be, oftentimes it can be confusing, especially when you go into a deep dive of of the of the uh, scriptures as we do on Tuesdays. Sometimes you can. Um, you can misinterpret what was going on on Sunday, yeah, or yeah. or vice versa. <laughs> so then, then how, how do we how do we avoid that? Well, that then that you and uh, go ahead, James, and answer. But it, it's open for everyone to throw in here on this. I'm not picking on you specifically. No, there's no problem. <laughs> uh, there's no avoiding it, really, because. The the biggest of a, the biggest group of us, we really don't do Bible studies. We okay. we we go on Sunday, and most of us never open the book again until Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That happens with many of us. Keith, you were going to say something? No. <laughs> it's. Uh it says you have to search the scriptures daily to see what has been said is true. Yeah. And, and Paul, Paul com, uh, compliments a particular church. Remember that? The Bereans. The Bereans, right. Why, why did he compliment them? Because they just, didn't take any, they just didn't take anybody's word. Yeah. They studied for themselves. Yeah, so when you hear something... And, and this happens frequently, you know, even I will admit, even when I'm sitting at Kensington, sometimes I'm going, yeah, I don't know if they got that quite right. I'm going to have to check on that, you know, I think it might be close. Yeah, there's a lot of Berean, 
Berean Bible churches, right? But you don't see any churches named uh, First Church or Second Church of Laodicea. <laughs> and it's interesting up in verse verse one. It's like, Paul actually mentions Coa, uh, Laodicea. Yeah. It's, it's right right. It's a next door neighbor to Colossus. Yep. Colossia. Just a couple of just a couple of miles down the road. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> it became a much more important city than Colossae. By about the time that uh, the first century, prior to that, Colossi at one time had a much higher uh, visibility in the in the area, but uh, it had waned and had uh, become not nearly as important as uh, as Laodicea. But uh, yeah, you're right. The issue is that uh, you know when when we used to have phone books, and I was a kid, and we and my, as there were times when I traveled with my my dad for business, the whole family would travel. Well, every once in a while, I'd, I'd look up, I'd pull out the phone book out of the, you know, the hotel. Uh, uh, Freezing up, Phil. I'm sorry? I'm not there? Freezing up. Uh-oh. Any better? You're good. I'm hey, you're in a connection. Your internet connection goes in. Ah, okay. Sorry about that. I don't know what's going on. Uh, so, uh, I would take, I would take a phone book and I would look at the church names and I would get a real big kick out of some of the names of the churches, you know, and, uh, and I can remember, I can remember there being a church that was named, uh, first Corinthian church. And I'm thinking of all of the churches, kind of like layout to see of all the churches, why would I, why would you choose the name Corinthians? be the name of your church because it was a church that was just full of trouble but anyhow i i digress but it if you can ever do that sometimes the names are bizarre. i saw a name uh, there's a church in denver that's looking for a pastor by the way i didn't apply for it just so you know uh the name of the church was the scum of the earth church <laughs> like that what how yeah, hi, I'm from Scum of the Earth. I'd now. like to invite you to come to church. We lost y'all. Uh-oh. I'm gone? Am I back? What do we got to do to get this to work? Oh, that's awesome. Am I back? You're yeah, back. Not your Pastor, picture. Pastor Skellywag. Well, I don't know. Let's see. What if I do that? You see my, <laughs> my picture now versus that? Let's go back. I to see the, your picture. All right. So, hey, I just, I just think sometimes churches are named very unique things, and the idea of scum of the earth is like, whoa. And we, there was a church in, um, in Ohio, that I know the pastor. I, I worked with his brother, and um, his, the, the name of the church is Kick the Can Church. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I, I kind of know the idea. I know it has something to do with the story of kicking the can down the road. The road. Oh, wow. But it's like, why would, anyhow, I'll just get out of there and, and, and go on. But Founded uh, so, by an AA member. It could be. I don't know. You know. Well, the Denver, the Denver church was, is what they're smoking out there. <laughs> could be. I think what they're attempting to to say is that that anybody's allowed at our church. You right. know, we're all 
broken and we all need uh, you know uh christ but it just cracks me up the scum of the earth church i'm going yeah that's what i want i want to be um yeah i, I want to be there that's what i want that's look good on your resume oh yeah 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 <laughs> it was like uh Jer jeremiah was talking about on on sunday you know uh i can't remember exactly but he was you know, we don't have a name for a church. We don't have, you know, we don't have a plan. We don't have a core group. We don't have anything. But oh, yeah. we're going to start a church. <laughs> so, anyhow. All right. So we talk about these metaphors. We talk about the fact that uh, uh, that strength is related to, to faith. Uh, and the way that you get more strength in your faith is practice your faith. Uh, we talk about uh, that part of this, let's see, uh, we're in verse 7. So in verse 7, it talks about uh, the, the rooted and building up and then the strengthening of the faith that you were taught. So it's important that we strengthen our faith. And it's important that we do so by being rooted and built up. And that's the way our faith is done. What's the, the passage out of Romans? Faith comes by faith hearing. Comes by hearing. hearing and the word and of hearing God. by the word of god, word of god. Yeah. the way that we exercise our faith muscle the more we exercise it the more stronger it gets then we come to this idea of overflowing with thankfulness this is the end of verse seven paul uh, uses thankfulness as kind of the litmus test of christian health have you ever noticed that when you start to drift, or if you want to know how you're doing with your, your, your spiritual walk, check to see how thankful you are for what's going on. Because often what happens is as our thankfulness wanes, so does our faith and so does our practice. The first, one of the first indicators of departing from God, departing from the path that God has called for us is a lack of faithfulness. In fact, Let's look at, uh, if you want, you want to turn there, that's fine. Romans chapter 1 and verse 21 which kind of puts it in the head. Just before this, uh, Paul is stating that everyone is guilty before God. Hopefully you can still hear me. And that, that, uh, that creation itself proves that there is a creator. What chapter did you say? In, in Romans, Romans chapter 1. 1. Chapter 1, 21. Yep. yep, 1 and verse 21. So it says that, uh, you know, at the end of 20 says that they're without excuse that they're, that if they don't believe that there's a God because creation proves there's a God. So in verse 21, remember, we're talking about how the lack of thankfulness is one of the litmus tests of how you're doing your, your walk with God. So in verse 21, it says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And although they claimed to be wise, they became fool and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man, birds, animals, and reptiles. So therefore, God gave them over to sinful desires. I'm going to go any further than that, but just simply this. The more you, be, the, the less thankful you become, the more you're going to be far away from God. Now, let me just ask this, because this is one of the things that comes to mind. 
Does that mean I have to be thankful in the midst of all that I'm going through? Yep. When all of the, the world seems to be caving in on me, I'm still supposed to be thankful? Yeah, of course. Why? Because you're here to, to improve his kingdom. Okay. He's teaching you, maybe. Teaching us, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Some of us, should... it seems like God has a lot for us to learn, doesn't it? But I think it's a matter of he wants us to be thankful in him. Always yeah. be thankful who he is because he can intervene in different things or help us do different things. Yeah, God never promises, in anywhere in Scripture, he never promises that he'll necessarily uh, save us from whatever the struggle is. But he says he'll go with us in the middle of the struggle. I'm always reminded of, the, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah, they get thrown in the furnace. God doesn't save them from the furnace. Where's where? Where is God? When you walk with them. He's right there with them. Yeah, we have a God who will walk with us through all of our struggles, all of the difficulties, all of the trials, all of the tests, all and of that, the things. That, go ahead. And that's the key phrase. He'll walk through. Yeah, and he's taking us through the difficulties, not taking us away from them, but taking us through, making yeah. sure, making sure for us that it's with our with his help that it's not a permanent situation. Which, which, yeah. So that, therefore, then, what do we? How should we pray in the midst of struggle, in the midst of trial, in the midst of tests? How should we pray? Fervently. Okay. Yeah. I, absolutely. Yeah. What else? And again, and again, with thankfulness, because God is with us, okay. as opposed to have left us. Yeah, and, and and what else? That's good. These are good things. Well, in addition to that, add some more stuff to this. What? Trust and hope. Trust and hope. Yeah, absolutely. Good. What else? Patience. Patience. I don't know that one. Yeah, that's one of those ones that I never want to ask God for because yeah, yeah. I, I'm a I'm a coward. Well, when it comes to wanting patience, I think you have to anyone wear that's, uh, anyone that's married has a little no. bit. Maybe. <laughs> well, maybe you need a gown, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it, what? What should? How should we pray when we're in the midst of whatever it is that we're going through? Do we pray, God, get me out of this? God, take this Thank away. You for Thanks for using me. Okay, yeah. And what else? How else should we pray? Not my will, but thy will be done. Oh, man. man. Someone just <laughs> named, nailed it good. Yeah, which is the one thing that I, you know, it's the, it's the, it's always the one of the last things that I come up with when I'm praying. I'm always saying, God, get me out of this. Help me. Release me from this. Instead of saying, God, help me get through this. Help me to learn from this. Thank you for the situation you've given me because it's something I need to learn that's also going to help me advance your kingdom. Those are not things that I want to say or pray. And at the very end, it's always at the end of the struggle. I've told you about some of mine over the years. Uh, I, you know, I'm up all night wrestling with God and, you know, kind of complaining and saying, that's not what I want to do. I've got my plan. You've got yours and I don't want, I don't want your plan. 
And finally I go, okay, fine, I just give up. I'll do it your way. I'll do what you want. And I end up saying, not my will, but yours will. be done. And then that's when the peace comes. You ever notice that? When you, truly, when you truly say that, when you truly mean that from your heart of hearts, you're not just giving lip service to it. That's when yeah. suddenly you have this peace that is hard to explain. And you, unless you've experienced it, I don't know how you could ever explain it to anybody that, that hasn't. Paul talks about the peace that passes all understanding. understanding. Yeah, and that's exactly what I, I've, I've experienced a few times in my life, and I was like, okay, because I just finally said, okay, I give up. I surrender. <coughs> I'll do it your way. I think that, yeah, I think it's that. Okay, I can't control this, so what will will will? You know, we, we he's got a mission. We got a mission. If we give up, we're not encouraging. If we submit, then we're encouraging. You know, yeah. submit to his will. I I don't like, and, and I, I know that you guys get tired of me referring back to this this book that I hate, but I hate. Well, that list is growing. Out, James. <laughs> but James says that when you're tempted. Count it all joy. I'm sorry? Count it all joy. Count, Count it all joy. joy. All the various temptations and trials and situations. And then it says. <laughs> Blessed is the man that perseveres under the trial and going, seriously, I have to persevere. In other words, he's saying exactly what we've been talking about. Go through the trial. You don't ask to escape. You ask to go through it and you ask for him to go through it with you because he says he will. And then when we do that, when we stay under the trial, when we don't try to get out from underneath it, God says we'll receive a crown of life. And it would appear that the passage indicates he's promised to those who love him. If you go through the trial, go through the test, go through the time of struggle, you are showing, one of the things you're showing is you love God. Really? That's what I have to do? <laughs> By this show, all men know you that you love the Father if you... Love one another? Oh, no, I have to love that knucklehead? Well, don't call him a knucklehead. That'll help. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, it's okay if I take it. I just can't say it as everything. <laughs> well, no, that's a, that's a step. Oh, it's a step. <laughs> Thanks. An intervention. An intervention, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, there, there's a whole situation here that uh, that God wants us to live out our lives with thanksgiving. And the problem is that we often don't. I don't thank God for what I go through. I thank God when I get to avoid trouble, avoid situations. My wife once asked me, she says, when do we get to live a life of you know, where we don't have struggles, we don't have problems, don't have issues we're dealing with. It seems like all we do is go from issue to issue. I go, yeah, that's that's life. He says, well, what about those times of, you know, when there's nothing? Go I said, that's the that's where we get the chance to breathe for the next life, the yeah. next. Time. You know, we could we 
We come up for air. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of hoping it's not here on Earth, but up, you know, up well, above. I don't mind coming back with the Lord after I get glorified. But well, here's yeah. one of the things that, that, that I would say that about this is that faith and the, and the nature of the Christian foundation are often invisible to those around us. But thanksgiving is a visible response to the grace of God in our lives. You, you want people yep. to know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Be a thankful person. And thank God, thank Christ for what we're doing and what He's doing in our lives. I, I you know, I've done, we've done this, we've done this a, a few times when we it, during the Thanksgiving season. Where I say, you know, take the next week or take the next month, and I want you to try to set aside a few minutes every day and just thank God for stuff, for things come to your mind. And at first, it was really it, every time I do this when I first start off, it's really really hard i i just i can come up with some big things but not much you know beside the big things and then as i the more and more i practice thanksgiving and thanking god the more i become aware of just how much god is in control of my life i get to take another breath because god allows it my yeah. heart pumps another time because god allows it I start to thank God for the smaller and smaller and smaller things. And the result is that I'm not nearly as bothered by all of the other stuff around me. Because why? Because I've learned to be thankful. And I constantly have to go do that at least once a year. Because if I don't, I, I'm a miserable person. Now, I know you think I'm miserable most of the time. I understand that. Val. Yeah. Is it in scripture that says you should start all your prayers with thanksgiving? Yeah, you know, in fact, it says uh, in, uh, I think it's Psalm 100, I think. Let me just uh, jump over there. I always get this passage. I always forget which passage. So in Psalm 100, verse 4, it talks about how we come into God's presence, which is, in essence, kind of what prayer is all about, right? It says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, and give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures foreverness, forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. How do we come before God? Thanksgiving and praise. How do we enter into prayer? By the way, uh, I, I don't have uh, the, the notes I'd have to dig for them, but I have a chart that shows when every time Israel set up the, the tabernacle in the wilderness, God gave very specific instructions as to how it was to be set up and how the camp was to be ordered. Yeah. And he sets it up so that all of the tribes are told where they have to make camp. And what I remember always about that, because it just fascinated me. Remember, my my a lot of my training is in is in what worship is, right? So I'm looking at the Old Testament. I'm looking at the way that that the, the camp is set up, and the camp is set up so that the only way you can get into the court of of God, into the tabernacle courtyard, is you have to go through the tribe of Judah. It's the only way you can do it. Every time they had, they broke ground and they and then they moved to another place and they set up camp. They set it up and they all, when they were all done, Judah was always right in front of the the, uh, the gateway into the temple, into the tabernacle area. You know what Judah means? Grace. 
praise. How do you get into God's presence? Praise and thanksgiving. How do I usually come before God? Oh, man, God, I got problems. I got this. I got that. I need this help. I need that help. We do it. We all do it. But you're right, Tom. We're supposed to praise him. Thank him for what he does. All right. So you want to show your faith. That would be a good one to, to commit to memory. <clears throat> yeah, it would. Yeah. Enters gates of Thanksgiving and just course of praise. In fact, we used to sing a praise. We used to sing a chorus in, in church. I was just going there, Danny. I was going to say, you're going to say that, that, because that, we used to sing the same chorus. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. With praise. I will say, This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice it, for he is going to be glad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some of those early choruses in, in contemporary music were so great because they were just simply scripture passages sent to music. Yeah, when I, I have been going through uh, that discipline that you were talking about, uh, going through the Psalms, you know, reading uh, the Psalm that corresponds to the day of the, of the yep. month and then adding 30 to it. And it's amazing how many, as I go through the Psalms, how many choruses and, and uh, uh, memories that, that uh, pop up, you know, and words of, of even uh, even some of the more contemporary uh, songs. Yep. yep. And and by the way, that is kind of what God tells us to do when it talks about how do we sing praises to God in both Ephesians. We're going to get to it in Colossians. I think it's chapter three. We're just not there yet. Where it talks about that we that uh, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs are the three things that are mentioned. And we'll break that down when we get there. But it also came up in when we talked about it in, in Ephesians too, and Ephesians as well. Uh, we deal we dealt with the same thing. So, uh, so anyhow, the, uh, the 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 issue that we're going to be dealing with as we as we begin chapter uh, verse eight, which we're not going to get to today, is that we're going to deal with the problem that Colossi had, which is the the heresies that that were undermining their faith, and that's where we're going to head to next week. As we get into to verse eight, uh, we're going to look at um, uh, the theological heart, if you will, of this epistle is found in starting in verse eight through uh, chapter three, verse four. So that'll that'll be next week. Uh, we'll start with uh, the foundation, uh, the, the the theological answers that form the, the the basis for our Christian living, and in the verse first section. Then we'll deal with the foundation and then the ethical commands that will follow as a result of that as we continue on with the rest of Colossians. Well, that's where we're headed. I uh, appreciate your understanding. Sorry for the, the bad connection on the uh, internet. Hopefully it'll be 